Straight Talk Uncut. Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Tellus here, back with another edition of Straight Talk Uncut, and this is being recorded on March 5th, 2016, and I'm trying to keep it, <laughs> keep my volume low. I normally record these when um, no one's home, but one of my daughters is here. She's still asleep. I'm actually recording this on a Saturday. I usually record this these on uh, you know Monday through Friday, but I guess I'm gonna have to get used to uh, recording these when someone's home because spring break is coming up. And I remember on my last podcast, um, when when the kids had like breaks, I was hesitant to record because when I when I <laughs> when I talk, you know, I I, I usually have some volume. And I don't want to like wake people up, so um, even though I'm in a I'm in the office with the doors closed, but my my daughter, the daughter who's here, her her room bedroom is right above the office. So anyway, but she sleeps pretty hard, but still. Um, so uh, let me go ahead and get the quote. The quote uh, this this quote for this episode is by Albert Einstein, and it goes like this: There are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as, is as if everything is. Now, let me, let me do that one again. There are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as if everything is. Again, that's by Albert Einstein. And you know, that brings to mind like how, um, how we're so forgetful uh, these days, especially with the, the speed of technology, you know, the way new things come out, the way um, tech is evolved in this day and age is, is, is I mean, is at a rapid pace. And, and so we, we, you know, we tend to forget what it, what, what was now. I mean, it, like, I remember cell phones. You, you used to have a cell phone for years, years, even even when you know they started doing the two-year contract thing, um, chances are you were you were pretty good. You were good for those two years. You know you were good that your phone wouldn't be upgraded for about two to three years. And there was even times where I remember when after two years, um, there wasn't really any any you know a lot of new things to pick from. But now. Take take this this Galaxy S. What are they on now? S ten some shit like that. I mean, it's like every six months or so. There's a new Samsung Galaxy something, uh, and not to even mention cameras. It, it, it's crazy, and I think maybe that's why subconsciously that's why I uh, actually no, that's not what the, re- the reason why I use Pentax is because that's my my first DSLR, um, no my yeah my first SLR was a Pentax. My first single lens reflex was a was a um, Pentax. You know before that I had like point and shoot cameras and stuff like that. But my first SLR was a Pentax, and somehow I just I just stuck with Pentax. Um, but even now, like the the new K1 from Pentax, look how long it took them to to come out with that. So. It's like it's refreshing, but you know, it's like as soon as the new thing comes around, we forget about the mir- the miracles of yesterday, the 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 thing that was new yesterday, 
And then we start taking it for granted. And as, as soon as the new thing is two days old, we all, you know, we it's, it's already like, uh, no big deal. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can see these boards to where even on the announcement of the new thing, like the, the day of, like the first day is out, you, you read these comments and someone's already saying like, yeah, that's great, but I wish they would have put blah, blah, blah in there. Or I can't wait till the such and such come out. Like on the day that the new thing dropped, they're already talking about the next fucking thing, man. And it's crazy. And and I, you know, what I've been doing is, uh, and it's not even on purpose. Like I was on Craigslist looking for, um, I can't remember what I was looking for on Craigslist, but I came across this lady. She had this old Pentax point and shoot for sale, $10. And it came with 10 rolls of film. And I was like, what, 10 rolls of film by itself is, is cost more than $10. So I was like, all right, I, I get that. And I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even like thinking about the camera because I, like I said, I've, I've been looking for old vintage cameras, but uh, I've been trying to stick to medium format just because I want to do my own prints here. And, uh, and I've been sticking to black and white as well, uh, you know, as far as film. But so I, I, I emailed her and I asked her what sort of film and it was all color. It was all like Fuji film and uh, 400 speed and then some some hundred speed. But it was all color film. And I was like, I put it off for like two days. And then um, I was looking at the some of the new cameras coming out. And I was like, you know what, man? I want to I want to do something to show that the camera doesn't it's like it's not about the camera so I emailed her again asking did she still have it she's like yeah I still have it and I was like all right so ten dollars for the camera and the film she was like yep so I went and got it and I got the camera and I was like just to feel that in my hand it's I, I haven't um actually I I do have an old Minota that my when I met my wife she had is the old Minota um freedom point and shoot and I started to shoot with that a few days ago so but again um I wasn't even I, I was just doing it kind of just like I don't I don't even know I was just you know it was just like it just it was refreshing to have something something like that almost like when I when I tell you guys about using that Zeiss icon it's something refreshing about you know it's almost like listening to vinyl records you know what I mean? It's it's just refreshing. Like it's almost just like just taking a walk. <laughs> you know, just just doing some just just taking a walk, just taking a walk. You know, and so when I got this camera, I was like, and it's it's a Pentax autofocus zoom. It's a telemicro macro, and I actually looked it up, and uh, it was the first year. It, it, you know, it just so happened it was it was produced in '86, and it was the first year of of this model of this IQ zoom model. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. You know, I, I got a first model first year camera. Um, and it all works, man. That's the thing. It, it's like these camera, like film, it, it, it never gets old really. Unlike digital, you know, like when they starting, I mean, film is film, film, is, film is film. You know, you, of course, different film types, you know, there were uh, evolution of different different film, um, you know, uh, processes making film quality better. But still, it's like the way they made these. And this thing is heavier. This little point and shoot is almost heavier than my uh, K3. 
it's, it's, it's a brick and it's solid. <laughs> it runs off two A two triple uh no no actually four triple A batteries. Yeah, four triple A batteries or one of those little double CR one two three batteries. Uh and it uh, you know what I'm I'm not gonna go into detail because I think I'm uh, um I'm I'm gonna go into detail about some other cameras that I bought. So from that experience, right, I got home, I shot with it and I was like, you know, I, I haven't touched my K3 in probably a week because I've been shooting with these old cameras. I've been shooting with the Zeiss Icon. I've been working on my Frankenstein Polaroid, and I've been shooting these point-and-shoot. But since then, uh, I had an appointment to go get some lab work, and I was going to go to the grocery store afterwards, but I had like an hour wait. So I went to Barnes & Nobles. Oh, and that's another thing. I gotta, I'm got to talk about that later. But I, So I went to Barnes & Nobles, and then once the store uh, uh, Sam's open I was driving through the parking lot and, and, and uh, on the way through the parking lot of Sam's there's an ARC thrift store that's there and I was like you know I'm always looking for like some something to give me an idea for a project or so, you know something right so I, I stopped there and I'm just walking through walking through uh, ARC and then um I wasn't really looking for anything in particular, you know. I just, I, you know, I looked, I looked through the old vinyl records, I looked through the old CDs, and just, you know, seeing what I could find. And and so I saw this little black bag sitting on one of the counter, and I was like, well, "Who just brought a black?" It was a camera case, a little black camera case. I was like, "Like, I mean, just a camera case?" But I opened it up, and there was a camera in there, it looked practically brand new, and it was a uh, another Pentax. Uh, <laughs> IQ Zoom, but it was a newer model. It was a newer, like uh, a newer Pentax. Let me let me actually get it here. It was. It happened to be the same line of this this one I bought from, of, of Craigslist, but it was a newer model, and it's the uh, Pentax IQ Zoom One Forty, and it was ten bucks. And I was like, and, and uh, well, also it, it had five rows of film, five brand new rows of film, you know, inside the case. And I looked on the back and it said, 10 bucks. And I was like, well, I can't, I mean, 10 bucks. It's, uh, I was like, no, I, I got to get this. I got to get it. So I picked it up. I was like, all right, let me go. Let me head to the grocery store. Well, of course, I tested it out. You know, I turned it on. I shot a frame. It already had film loaded, plus it had film in the case. I uh, I took a shot. I zoomed out, zoomed in. Found out they had like a panoramic mode, and I was like, okay, panoramic. I don't have, I, you know, I've never shot panoramic. I was like, all right, just for that one thing, it's worth buying. So started heading to the cash register, <laughs> and then on my way to the cash register, I saw another one of these little black bags sitting sitting on just like an obscure shelf. It wasn't in any sort of like you know it it wasn't even with like electronic it was just randomly sitting and i just laughed i kind of like laughed out loud cuz i was like man come on you you got to get out of this store so i looked on the back and it said 4.99 right and i opened it up and it was a fuji one of these little fuji point and shoot film cameras uh the fuji film uh 290 zoom it's a discovery model 
it same thing it has five rolls of film brand new still in the still in the little plastic container five rolls of film and then one loaded up in the in the camera so i was like all right i was like this is getting ridiculous so i turned it on flash work zoomed in out make sure everything worked now just because all that function doesn't mean it's taking pictures right so i was like all right but five bucks you know whatever so i ended up buying that <laughs> and also it has like the manual in there you know and um so I, I i got it and then i went to the grocery store and then came home and i you know i sort of looked them up and then each one of these has some some significant like they were like the first of something and it was just i was just like that is that is just too crazy that i you know but but then again that that just reminded me of how like people forget you know like because of technology these things in in a lot of people's mind have become obsolete you know what i mean so anyway and and but these are these are all the film that came with them are, are color film so i ended up finishing a roll of the first camera that i bought the um the the one i brought on craigslist i ended up finishing a roll from that one right so i take it to walgreens and I was like, yeah, I want to get this process, and and uh, you know, I just want the negative because you know it's been e it's been eons since I've taken some film to get processed. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. I don't know that. You know, I'm just thinking they surely they still have to be doing this, right? And um, and the guy looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> he was like, no, you, we send them off. It's like three days, and you get a CD bag. And then if you want prints, you can get prints as well. I was like, I was like, I, I, so I can't get my negatives? He was like, no, nobody does that anymore. I was like, so I, you, you take my my roll of film, you send them off for three days, and then I get a CD back. And if I want prints, I can get prints. And he said, yeah, and you can, you can like, um, I think he said, yeah, because I, I tried, I went to another store. And one of them said uh, they do that as well as they can upload them online to a little portfolio or something. And you can order prints from there. And I was like, so there's no way I can get my negatives. He's like, no. So I was like, huh. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it. I was like, you know what? There's got to be somebody, you know? So I, I started looking around at the little mom and pop shops here, which there are only probably three here in uh, Colorado Springs area. And one of them, uh, does processing and it's like eight bucks but it's 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 like a 25 minute drive actually it's downtown so you know I could drop them off when I'm when I'm downtown so I was like all right that's my option but then I said you know what let, let me see how difficult c41 processing is so I started looking up on c41 process came across a couple of YouTube videos came across um, Ted Forbes he uh, the art of photography he did he did some roles um, then I, I found another guy who was using um, this this particular kit from from B and H. Oh yeah, I got I got to talk about B and H later too. Um, this is it's like a kit. You buy the kit. It's like twenty four bucks and it has everything in it to process C four one. And then from you know I looked at it. I was like, you know what? That's not that's not even as hard as as black and white processing. It, you, you know. And then I saw some of the guy. The guy had a Flickr page of uh of his prints his color prints and they were awesome 
And I was like, sold. So I'm doing that. So I decided I'm going to be doing some C4 to 1 processing in addition to the black and white. Um, and pretty much the only thing, the only expense that I, I'm going to incur is I have to, I have to get a, a tank, a bigger tank that I can do more than one roll, you know, you know, at the same time, because, um, it takes a little more time to process the C41 because of the temperature has to get so high. Um, so, so, you know, I don't want to like do one roll at a time and then have to wait each time for the temperature of the water to get up and everything like that. So, um, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing that process from C41. As soon as I get a bigger tank that can, you know, hold more than one roll of film. Cause the only tank I have now is, is, you know, one roll at a time. Uh, but I did find a guy on Craigslist that has like some like 20 tanks that he's selling. <laughs> He has uh, he has about four Pattersons, the plastic tanks, and then like four uh, stainless steel tanks for sixty bucks. Like with with all those the reels and everything, which is a good deal. But it's like still, uh, I, I I you know I I I got to get a new printer. I told you guys my printer broke down my twenty two hundred, so I got a lot of expense. Uh, you know it it happens like that. It's like everything happens at one time when you want to do all this stuff. So anyway, that you know that. that when I when I thought about that when I saw that quote that uh you know talking about like um uh, you know living each day and, and and then just remembering about the miracles of of things that are here now and the things that were yesterday you know what I mean it's like we get so caught up into this 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 new tech when there's all this old stuff that's still you know to be discovered. So, and I, yeah, of course, I know if you, if you do commercial work, I'm not talking about people that do commercial work. I'm not talking about, you know, people that have these big, I'm talking about like the fine art. I consider myself, a, if, if I'm going to classify myself as a certain type of photographer, you know, I could say experimental, but it, it falls into the realm of art, more artistic, because it's like you do stuff on your own accord you do stuff for your own enjoyment and you know of course i do stuff on the side but it's still not commercial so i can i can do that i can you know shoot with whatever i want to shoot with so um so yeah that's what i've been experimenting with uh these little point and shoot <laughs> and and, I, and i'm i'm i, I want to get out and do some street photography or you know take these cameras for a walk uh but the one thing is they all have, there's one of them, I don't, let me see, I'm not even sure about the other ones. I know the new one, the, the, the oldest one I have, the IQ Zoom, you can't turn the flash off, as far as I know. Again, I'm still discovering, but the one Pentax, the newest model, uh, you can turn the flash off. So, you know, I don't want to be like popping off flashes, but anyway. So, so that's what I'm, I'm going to be talking about those cameras and <laughs> there's some more that I got my eyes on. I, I, I don't know, man. I have this thing. I was telling my wife that this morning, I was like, I, I think I have a problem to where like when I, when I start getting into something, I, I become like this collector and I told, and I told her, I said, I think I passed it on to my oldest daughter too, because she's the same way. Like she has, um, these I think I talked about it. These my little pet shop. These Pokemon's. She collects dragons. She collects uh, like minerals and rocks and stuff like that. 
and she's the only one uh, that does it like I do it. Like, of course, my my two other daughters, they they have like these stuffed animals and stuff. They collect one. I have one daughter that collects these uh, ro- ro- they, like these robo animals. You know, like these robotic cats and these robotic dogs and. and but the thing is, she get them and then she she wants the next one as soon as she get the new one. So I don't know. Maybe I pass something on to them to where they have to do that. The the biggest thing that I ever collected, like the most of, was I told you my Spawn collection, and then I finally got rid. Uh, I sold all all except for one set. But uh, and it just came with you know m- moving them too much, then they started to get damaged in the box. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get rid of them. So anyway, let me move on. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm gonna be detailing each one of those cameras as I start getting you know getting some prints developed and, and just uh, you know I'm gonna be talking about them. So anyway, let's move on to the next thing I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about you know I said I'm gonna be mentioning different photo organizations as I as I start you know joining some of these uh, organizations these. Uh, photo organizations just to build up to sort of getting exposure and things like that. The one I'm going to detail today is the Center for Fine Art Photography, and that's here in Colorado. So um, it's in Fort, well, the office is in Fort Collins, uh, which is, Fort Collins is about three hours from me. I've been there a few times because it's right on a, the Wyoming, you know, it's right on the uh, Colorado-Wyoming border, and I had a uh, sister-in-law who was stationed up there in uh, Cheyenne, so we, we, you know, I've driven up there a few times. And also, when I got my, I got my Wyoming real estate license, and um, I, so I had to drive back and forth up there a few times. So anyway, but so founded in 2004 by photographers, the Center for Fine Art Photography is a nonprofit organization supported by donations, grants, and memberships. We offer three public gallery, three public galleries, classrooms, and our in the main offices in again Fort Collins. We provide support to photographic artists through exhibition promotion, education, and connection to a large community of artists, curators, gallery owners, and industry-leading photographic uh, professionals. And this 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 uh, organization they have, you know, when you see like little small town galleries like this. Or organizations, you think, oh, it's gonna be like the country bumpkin type artist, but no, they have major, major art showings. Uh, I listen to interviews and podcasts all the time to where they're talking about they had a gallery showing in in uh, in Colorado and Fort Collins, and um, so what they have going on now. Let me see here. Uh, Okay, so they have a, a few exhibitions coming up, a few pol- portfolio showcases, uh, some call for entries, black and white 2016, and Rodney Smith is the juror. So their website is c the number four fap dot org. So c like uh, the center for the number four fine arts photography. So c four fap dot org, and I'll put links up. But check it out, you know. Um, th- that's one of my goals this year is to to join as many of these these organizations like this that I can see my work being having some chance of getting exposure with. Um, 
you know, those are the ones that I'm seeking out. And, and when I come across one that I want to talk about, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about it here on the, on the podcast and let you guys know, you know, maybe, you know, some of you are in the same boat I am to where you're, you're trying to find methods of getting exposure and, and getting your, uh, getting your work out there other than Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so check it out. It, 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 the web, I like the, the website is nice, clean. Um, check out some of the exhibitions there. Check out some of the things they have going on. You know, maybe think about being a member. Um, let me see here. What else got? They have a blog. Let me see the blog. The last time the blog was update was November 12, 2015. And it looks like they're talking about a jury statement for one of the exhibitions that they had in the past. But yeah, check it out. Take take a look at uh, some of the shows that they had in the past, some, some things that's coming up. Take a look at the work. I mean, it's nice work. I mean, you know, it's, you know, a lot, a lot of times we think of just New York and these, these, you know, Paris and these other big places to where the only outlet for getting some exposure. But now you'd be surprised. I was surprised as I, you know, as I start going through a list of these organizations and these galleries at some of these lesser known, some of the work that they're exhibiting, exhibiting. (laughs) So check it out. uh, The Center for Fine Art Photography. All right. What? Okay. So let me get to this. So, so B&H, remember I talked about B&H had that lawsuit about, you know, discriminating and how they were treating certain ethnic groups and um, women. So B&H responds to the U.S. government lawsuit. Called, they called the claims inaccurate and bizarre. All right. So let me, let me read the statement. Um, I mean, yeah, let me read the response. So here's a response from B&H. They say that these claims are not true. The allegations you have been hearing about are largely made by people who have never set foot in a B&H facility. We can declare outright that B&H does not have any segregated bathrooms by race or religion, and anyone working at B&H knows that to be true. Additionally, any similar contentions are not only inaccurate, are not only inaccurate but bizarre. And I thought the same thing. I'm like, what year is this? What like we are not? Remember I said that we're not in a third world country. How how are you gonna? have a uh you know a bathroom designated for a certain race that's just crazy who would who would subject themselves to that that's that's what i i I, so when i saw the word bizarre i was like that that described it accurately and here's more of their response the truth of the matter is these are trumped up allegations it is true that I have 18 years with BNH, but I have not witnessed any of these allegations. I wouldn't work for an outfit like I wouldn't work for an outfit like it is being portrayed. So this guy who's uh, this is the BNH spokesperson. He's saying if that was true, he wouldn't be working there. If if you know he wouldn't work for a place that was like that. And and, and I can you know I, I I would tend to agree. Um, that the whole organization couldn't be like that. Like if somebody saw that going on, you think there would be like an inside whistleblower, like like multiple. You know, you think it would be a bigger deal, like by by the employees. 
So the segregated bathrooms is a complete and utter lie. It, it makes for good press. So it's being tossed around. All right. So after I read the first story about this, I went to YouTube because I, I, I go to be in nature. I sh first of all, I shop at BNH, and then I watch a lot of the the training videos that BNH put on tons, like weekly, you know, with the different photographers. J just because I like to get, I want to get stuff from the photographers' perspective, the actual people out there doing the work, not some guy who, uh, you know, who who has never done the job, but he's good at talking about cameras and talking about industry industry stuff, but. They, they, you know, they have a lot of workshops where it's the actual people in the field that are talking, showing, showing their pictures, describing how they got the shot, what was going through their head, putting on little workshops. Um, and Adorama does it too. So I, I both of them, B and H and Adorama, uh, I'm on, I'm on their YouTube channels daily. You know, just, just looking at, just getting a little insight from uh, the people that were in the field, from all different aspects of photography, not just commercial stuff but fine art stuff and all you know like even alternative process i can't remember the lady name but i thought i saw her um she has two two renowned books on alternative process and after i saw her her thing on i, I, I would have never even heard of her if i didn't see her workshop on bnh and i went out and rent, got her book from the library and just perused through it and i was like yeah this is this is when i Cause I eventually I want to start doing some of that. That's what all of this messing with film stuff is leading up to, is doing some alternative processing. So that's that's why I'm so bummed that my um, printer crapped out because I was going to do some tra some large transparency. But anyway, um, so yeah, like I said, man, I, I was hoping that, and then again, that you know, that's still the spokesperson of BNH. But I, I'm just hoping that. It, it's just hard for me to believe that in this day and age, there's some segregated bathrooms in in the U.S. Now, out of out of the country, I don't know what 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 goes on, but I'm talking about here in the U.S. You know, like there are segregated bathrooms. Really, that's 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 just hard hard for me to believe. Now, I know other shit happens. I know racism is is alive and well, but for a, a for profit organization like BNH, in this day and age, as big as they are. You know, um, and as far as I know, BNH probably be the most well-known photo video store around as far as photographers know. You know what I mean? Like, of course, uh, some, like if I mention BNH to my wife, she won't know what the hell it is. But if I say, hey, you know that store I'm always buying camera equipment from? She's, you know, she'll know exactly what I'm talking about because she knows, she sees the boxes when they come here. It has the, the you know the brown box with the the B and H written all over it and on the tape. So anyway, um, I hope B and H, you know, pull himself out of it. I, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna hurt him too bad because again, photographers tend to be um, like more open minded people. You know, of course, there's there's gonna be assholes in every group, but for the most part, photographers are, uh, or uh, I'm not just going to say photographers, I'm, I'm going to say people that are into like creativity. They're more open, seem to be more open than, you know, just, you know, somebody who's, who just sees one, one, one side of life and that's going into their cubicle, putting their head down and whatever, you know? Um, so I would tend to think that 
you know, if 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 it was if photographer like if if say a black photographer going to B and H and they would treat it differently, they would know it. Or an Asian photographer, or you know, they would kind of know. But if you just do some searches on being on YouTube for B and H, you see they have all different races working there. So, and I'm not defending them. You know, I'm not I'm not defending them all. I'm just saying. I, I hope it's not true. You know, I hope I hope the what the spokesperson is saying uh, is true. And and again, it should be the, in the benefit of BNH, right? Because you know, innocent to prove you guilty. Uh, I mean, I just it, it's just hard for me to believe they have segregated bathroom now. On the point of uh, treating uh, immigrants differently now. Now, if if it came out and they said the wages of the immig- of of immigrants are different, that's not that's not as hard to believe as segregated bathrooms. You know what I mean? And even even if even if uh, it was something where they said they paid the women less, that's wrong too. But I'm just saying that is not as hard to believe as saying that we don't let women in sales because of our religious belief. Now, if that, I, I, if that's the case, then that is, you know, they should be and they should get whatever's coming to them. Uh, anyway, that's, that's enough of that. I, you know, I don't, don't want to like be sticking to negative stuff, but that's something that related to me. Cause like I said, like I said, I plan on like, even now, uh, the C four to one kit that I want to get. Although when I looked at it on B and H, they don't ship. So it's gonna be freestyle photography that I get that kit from, and I got that little reference from um, Ted Forbes on on uh, art of photography. All right, moving on to the next thing: how to fund uh, projects that you have. Now, every most of you all know may know about like crowdfunding, which is something I I've, I never really understood. I never got. I did some research on on some of them a, a few probably a year or two ago, but I really never got the the crowdfunding thing it's something that i'm not um i mean i know it works i know people have done it but i i i don't know it's to me it's like now i owe somebody you know what i mean like it's like now i owe somebody for because i wanted to do a project a project if i was producing something for somebody for people you know for like a something that's for people to use you know, maybe I'll be more less objective towards, but um, to create art, uh, anyway. But so you know, people do it. You see, you see it for film projects. You see it for musical projects. Um, you, you know, you see it for uh, performance art projects. You see it for all sorts of things. But I came across this article, and it was like this list of all the the ways to to fund things. You know, you have GoFundMe. You have Kickstarter, of course, probably the most well-known, Indiegogo, Teespring, Patreon, uh, Ucaring, CrowdRise, Kiva, GiveFor, Fundable, Rocket Hub, and most of those I've never heard of. I've heard of Kickstarter, Indiegogo, I've heard of Teespring, and Patreon. Those are the only ones I've ever heard of. But I'm a big fan of what's called uh, cubicle funding. <laughs> it's when you just get a, just get a, a job. Which is what I may be doing here soon, man. I, I got I got a lot of expenses. Like there's 
the the, the printer I want is about two thousand dollars, maybe a little less, maybe like fifteen hundred. Uh, there's two printers I'm looking at, uh, the Canon Pro One Thousand or the Epson what P eight hundred or something like that. One of those, and then um, all this film processing I'm going to be doing it's going to cost some money, so I may be cubicle funding because I can't see myself doing any of these kickstarters but it's out there for people and I'm going to be like detailing uh, as I learn more about it, I'm going to be detailing them here on the on the on the podcast and maybe it'll spark some interest and you know help somebody out because um, I've seen people who who've you know especially on Shark Tank, Shark Tank I've seen people on Shark Tank who got their first um, funding from a crowdfunder particularly I remember this one they had like these coffee beans that uh, well they were in the shape of coffee beans but it was like these these little temperature controllers that you drop in your coffee and they kept the coffee at a certain temperature regardless of anything you know and and I remember them being on on Kickstarter and actually I saw them on Kickstarter because I was doing I was doing research for my old podcast on Kickstarter and I saw them on Kickstarter before I even saw them on Shark Tank. So when they come on Shark Tank, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember them from from a Kickstarter project." Um, so, I mean, yeah, it got them to 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 where they are now. I'm not sure how they're doing now, but I know they were doing good when they were on Kick on Shark Tank. Matter of fact, they needed more money for orders and stuff, but they got their initial investment from Kickstarter. So yeah, you know, stay tuned for some of those. Uh, maybe it'll be a little more valuable content for you guys. Um, what else? Oh, so remember I talked about the World Press Photo Awards a few episodes ago, and and there was a when I was reading about it, there was something to where they mentioned big changes, and I I wasn't really sure what the big changes were. Well, here here here's an article that details the changes. So the World Press Photo awards they disqualify 16 percent of the finalists this year why because of altered photographs so let me just go ahead and read this the and, and let, me, let me see let me make sure i mean okay so this is from petapixel i want to you know make sure i want to give credits to uh who i got these articles from let me let me go back then what was this the bnh one came from who was this? Who, who did that B&H article, that response to B&H come from? Uh, Michael Zing? I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, so Michael Zing. Is he at Petopixel? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so this is from Petopixel. All right, so the prestigious WordPress photo photojournalism contest was rocked by scandal last year after 20 percent you know trying to give some some uh what's the word some drama rocked by scandal last year <laughs> after 20 percent of finalists was were disqualified and the grand prize winner was stripped of his award leading to the establishment of a new code of ethics you know it's funny when i be reading stuff to my kids they i, I do it just like this and they're like yeah, why you always do that? Matter of fact, I was doing this thing 
<laughs> I was showing my daughter one of these cameras, and I was I always do this like old superhero theme music from like the 80s, you know, that dun, 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 like the old cartoon, set them on a cartoon. And she said, <laughs> she said, Dad, don't you know some other superhero theme music? She said, you always do that. And they have no clue. I'm like, it's nostalgic. I just remember like, especially like the after school specials, the little after school special cartoon where like some kid would be getting bullied. Then some guy, you know, would jump in and it has their music. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and he'd be like, and, and, you know, the kid be on the ground. Hey, it's Mr. Such and Such. Yeah, I'm here to say kids smoking is not cool. You know, anyway, <laughs> let me get back to this. All right, so did the negative, did the negative publicity in new guidelines do anything? Well, you be the judge. WordPress photo has revealed that 16% of finalists was were thrown out this year wow and let me paraphrase it so what was happening was um and, and they break it down they break it down how he was you know how they were disqualified so of the 174 finalists this year 16 percent were disqualified at the last judging stage seven of them were tossed out for cloning parts of the photo 22 were thrown out for extreme processing so now make sure you you understand that this is these, these are photojournalism awards now photo in the true sense in the true definition photo photo photos taken in the context of photojournalism are not supposed to be altered at not want not no altering at all none now i'm not sure if that and, and, and again, I'm going from what I researched. Now I can't remember if uh, exposure, like you know, adjusting exposure, is is um, tolerated, or is it not nothing at all? You know, like once that picture is done, it's done. You can't do anything. So that means you get take take the damn picture right the first time, which makes sense to me. Now I remember um, there was a probably two three years ago there was a photo of a kid and i can't remember i i i i think they like put a gun on his hand or it was something that had to do with a gun but anyway the in up the picture ended up being not real but it was some like African kid and it was had a gun or something like that, but it came out it wasn't real. Now, my, my thing is it, see that 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 shows you the arrogance of some people. Like it is they think they're gonna fucking get away with it. And and some people may do. Some people may get away with it. But if you're gonna call yourself something, a photojournalist, you know the rules. But always you know, technology makes it so easy. For people to think they can get away with stuff you know photoshop make it so easy to think you can get away with you can get away with something i'll be interested in seeing before photoshop how many people got disqualified for altering photoshop due to uh, you know compositing with negatives or whatever I, i'll be interested to see some results from that but how many times we've seen um controversy over some photo being altered being photoshopped or something like that you know how i mean it's, it's like 
But when you when you going for an award, that to me that's worse. When you do something like that, that's worse than when some athlete get caught for like using like uh, performance enhancing drugs. To me, that's worse. To me, when some when 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 somebody tried to alter a photograph, that's worse than you know that's worse than than that to me. Really, it is. It's worse than somebody who taking steroids and winning Mr. Olympia. <laughs> um, so these, uh, I'm further, I'm reading further. So these offending submissions came less than a year after WordPress photo updated his contest with extensive guides on how to follow the new rules and ethics guidelines. There, there are also three videos with examples of things that could get you qualified. So the people that even with these new rules that still did that, they are assholes. They should have their cameras taken from them and be fucking beaten with them. Because to me, that just shows a level of um, a, just a level of arrogance and in, in, in like non-talent, especially the ones with cloning and shit. Like clon- cloning, it's almost just like that one. Was it Nikon or Canon? Some somebody just won some little photo thing, and they added an airplane in the shot, and 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 you know, and thought it was going, and didn't even do a good job. You know, nobody is is so good with with Photoshop that it can be distinguished. Because you know why? Just as good as you think you are, there's some there's someone that's just as good at spotting fakes, spotting falsities. And they just give Photoshop and stuff like that a bad name. So anyway, um, WordPress Photo published a report in late 2015 that revealed that 25% of photojournalists admit to at least sometimes altering the content of their photos. 52% said they sometimes stage photos. That's what it was. It was a stage photo in the one I'm thinking about, about the kid with the gun. And 51% say they enhance their photos by altering things like contrast, hue, tone, and saturation. Appalling. Appalling, I tell you. If you're going to go into photojournalist, learn learn how to take photos. That's it. You know, that, 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 that's, that, that's just it. You, you, I mean, ugh, disgusting, man. It's disgusting. So, while we're on the subject of Photoshop, I came across this... Um, this one article of this guy, photographer photoshops his dog into a giant, and it's awesome. I, I showed my daughter, my daughter, one of my daughter loves dogs, and I showed her these awesome, awesome photographs by photographer Christopher Klein, who altered these photos to make his dog seem like this gigantic dog. And I know I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about this first picture. The first picture I'm looking at, he's sitting on the couch, and his dog is sitting right by him. But what's so awesome about this is he didn't go for perfection because if he would have been going for perfection, if you look at the photo, you see how the window light in the window is blown out. He would have he would have altered that, but he didn't because why? That's not the focus of the photograph. See, that's the difference between making something look so. That's why this picture looks so real. It looks like a snapshot. It looks like a snapshot. Although maybe the light on him is it may be a little bit off, but still it looks it looks. It looks real. It looks like a real photo because he didn't go out of his way to try to make the photo look perfect. 
That's why it looks like a snapshot of a guy on the couch with his dog. That's awesome. And then in the next one I'm looking at, he's pulling his dog in a wagon. It's just, it's just a fun, it's just a fun series, man. He is one where he's jumping over this, over this little lake or creek, um, with his dog, and he's got some hilarious pictures. He got one where he's trying to cajole his dog into doing something. We've all been there. We were like, dude, just, just get in your cage, just get in your cage, just come on. Uh, and the next one, he's on a seesaw, reading a book, and his dog is just looking at him. You know, because he's so heavy. The guy, he's like, you're never going to go down. And then, you know what's funny? On the next one, I was like, oh, he should do one with his, he's riding his dog. And then the next one, he's on his dog like a horse. Again, it looks, it, it's awesome. It looks like a fantasy. Some kind of fan, like, uh, what's that, what was that movie? No, no, uh, Narnia, like a Narnia thing. And then there's one where he's riding, the dog is riding on the back. You can, You just got to go see the series, man. I, I love when someone does Photoshop and they make it this quirky, but still artistic, like beautiful. Like it's just a beautiful series. I, I like it. I wish I had that cleverness to, to do something like this. It's just awesome. Uh, especially the one when he, when they're sticking their head out of the water, like how did I don't, that, I mean, you have to wonder how did he, uh, you know, it was like, did he take the dog, picture of the dog coming out of water first and then put himself in there like how did he do that even the one with the dog the last one he has the dog um, with his hand around him I don't know it's just awesome 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 so you know so that's that's what Photoshop can do that and that's how you make light of of uh, um, you know, you take Photoshop, you know, it can be bad when these, these photojournalists using it, or it can be good when this guy <laughs> is making his dog into a giant. Awesome, man. Awesome, awesome. Well, I I think that's it. I think that's it for this episode. Let me see, what up? Did I have anything else? Yeah, I'll talk about that on the next one. All right, that's it, man, for this episode. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you guys for listening, uh, as always. Um if you, you know, got some comments or something, tell us at straighttalkuncut.com. And, you know, again, over the next few episodes, when we, I'm going to be shooting with these cameras, talking about them. I'm still working on um, scanning my... I actually I actually did scan with my DSLR the, the, the films that I took my uh, Zeiss Icon for a walk. But I'm going to do them again because when I scanned them, I was using a tablet. And... They they look they look at, at like a um, probably fifty fifty percent they look they look good they look like they were scanned with a scanner but when you bring them in you can see because it's so detailed you can see the um, I don't know what's it called like when you can see the from from the from the tablet underneath you can see the patterns patterns from the screen. So I'm going to do it again, and I already have a setup that I'm going to talk about that I'm going to do it with something sitting on top of a light source that doesn't have any patterns, you know. So anyway, I'll explain it in, in some future episode. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Like I always say, I don't know a lot, but what I do know, I try to talk straight about. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Talk to you next time.